does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. I, I remember we, we went paintballing once when I was like a freshman in high school. Probably we did it one time. Uh, Jason Keller got a welt the size of oh, the, man. the size Jupiter of a golf ball. storm. Yeah, and it was like, oh, okay, we're good with that, right? I'd like to know when do pet, pitchers and catchers report? I always thought it was mid-February. Do you think – this is how I'm going to – this is the question I want to lead off with, with Tucker. Do you think that, that like, other position players – do, do pitchers and catchers resent that they've got to go early? Got to be right. Excite, thank you, Matt Fangman. Excite, yes. Great, uh, great human, Joining Matt us Thangman. now on the Payless Liquors Hotline, and I'm sure he's thrilled to be doing so. Joining us this morning, a return guest to the program who has become a friend of this station. You know him from his days, obviously, with the Reds, the Tigers, now the newest member of the Chicago Cubs. Tucker Barnhart joins us. In Tucker, do you ever wish? deep down around this time of year that you were an outfielder and you don't have to report early? Why do, why do pitchers and catchers have to report before everybody else? That's a lot of stretching, right? A lot of calisthenics. Um, no, I wish a lot of times, that, I, and for a lot of reasons, that I was an outfielder. Um, and reporting early is definitely uh, one of those, that's for sure. Can you, I guess, kind of break down, and thank you for the time, by the way, Tucker. Uh, can you break down maybe the next month and a half, like once you get out there, like what your schedule looks like and I guess what is kind of a daily spring training schedule? I, I'm like used to NFL training camp. I'm trying to compare it to that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, Groundhog Day. Every single day is about the same. Um, I'm, an early, I'm an early morning guy, so I like to get to the, get to the facility early. Um, roughly, I would say 6 a.m. I work out and stuff and get everything out of the way so um, I can enjoy the Arizona weather and go play some golf uh, in the afternoon when we're finished. Um, so until until uh, games start, we get there in the morning. Usually, I would say we have stretch around 10 o'clock um, and then go through our on-field work, bunt defenses and, and fundamentals and stuff like that that you see the, every Little League team um, up and down the state of Indiana doing. Uh, we do the same thing for about 45 days straight. And do you – were you able to keep the same house? Because, I mean, I, I don't I don't know, <laughs> geography-related where Goodyear and Mesa is. I don't know if the kids are coming out there, but I, I was curious about that. No, we, we sold it, man. We um, it, And, and it kind of worked out for the better, to be honest with you, because it would be about a, at, at the – I would say the quickest trek across Phoenix – um, it would probably take me about an hour to get from Goodyear to Mesa just because I have to go through rush hour and going through Phoenix. And then on the way back, I'd be going through rush hour um, headed out of Phoenix. So um, I, I wouldn't have it would have been it would have made for a long drive in the morning, um, which wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. But uh, we ended up selling it. And I am uh, in a place in um, closer to Mesa. Tucker, I we've had you on before and I asked two or three questions that at the time I remember thinking, I'm almost embarrassed to ask this, but then you're a catcher. It's just such a unique position. So I have another one here. Are you ready? I mean, honestly, like I'm fully prepared for you to say, yeah, Jake, stop while you're ahead, okay? <laughs> no, fire away. I, I am curious about this. So much of conditioning for any athlete of any sport involves, you know, running, elliptical, tra a, a number of different things. 
How do you balance as a catcher, or do you have to balance making sure that you're staying in top physical condition, but also doing it in a way that has to preserve your knees because your knees, from a catcher standpoint and the longevity thereof, has to be the most delicate of any probably position in professional sports because of the obviously the demands that are taking place on them. Does that come into play in any way, shape, or form? It does for sure. Um, I think that you, you kind of watch what you do in terms of making sure when I'm a, I, I love to squat. So I'm a, I'm like a, in the weight room. So I'm a, a back squat, a front squat guy, not to get too deep into lifting by any means, but I, I have to make sure that in terms of like form and stuff like that, that it's pretty much as close to perfect as possible, just to make sure that there's not a ton of load um, on my, on my knees when I'm, when I'm working out. Um, in terms of treadmill and elliptical and stuff like that, I usually stay away from the treadmill just to kind of take the pressure off my knees when I do any running of any kind. Um, so it's just it's a constant kind of just making sure that, that there's no, no pain or anything like that. And I think I'm a, I'm a shorter guy. I don't weigh a, a, a lot. I weigh 195 pounds, and I'm 5'9 on a good day. And I think that that has – something to do with kind of making it, keeping my knees healthy. I don't have a ton of weight or I'm not a super tall guy that's, that has to go a, a big, a big distance when I squat down. So I think that plays a part in, in me being able to maintain my knee health and stuff like that. So I, there's absolutely is, uh, I pay attention to it. I make sure that, that if there's any, any sort of twins or, or, or any, any pain whatsoever, I, make sure that where I work out at, I, I get it checked out. But luckily, I haven't had any of that and hope to keep it that way. Are there ever during, from a catcher standpoint, you know, this stuff fascinates me in terms of the reps and everything that takes place. Because I've, I've covered teams in spring training and seen kind of everything that goes on. So I'm curious if from a catcher standpoint, do you ever say, you know, hey, look, I, I want to get more reps with this particular pitcher like I haven't caught him before he throws a unique style I'm not completely comfortable with like the, just where his ball placement is for me does do those conversations ever take place at all oh of course um, especially I, I think as as you get older you or you get more time kind of under your belt in terms of being in the major leagues you can kind of uh, pick and choose who you catch and when you catch them kind of obviously not during the game, but, but in bullpens and things like that kind of beforehand to get maybe a different look, especially, and, and I think it's, it's extremely important for me that going into this season, obviously with a bunch of guys that I've never caught before, making sure that, that once the season starts, there's no surprises or anything like that, and that I've seen everything and gotten comfortable with everyone that we have. Um, you, you really, when you're younger and you're in your first or second major league camp, you kind of get buried and you have to catch everybody. It doesn't matter who it is or, or when it is. Um, but, but as you get older and as you gain more time, you, uh, you can kind of pick and choose who you, who you catch. So those conversations, those conversations happen a lot during bullpens. They're really big. They're huge in, in my opinion. I think you kind of get to know the, the way a guy ticks, uh, when you, when you have a conversation like that. Um, and those and those conversations are huge, um, so that when you get to Chicago or we get wherever we are on the road, that, that when we when we cross a path that maybe we haven't yet, um, we can all we can kind of go back to a conversation maybe we had in spring training about a certain situation that helps you kind of get through or get out of get out of a jam or get through a situation that that you're in. Two-time Gold Glover, obviously the Brownsburg native, and heading into year ten 
in the big leagues. Tucker Barnhart now with the Cubs joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Um, it's been a busy offseason for the Cubs. They've kind of rebuilt the, the, the middle of that defense, including yourself. Um, what are your thoughts on, on joining, you know, what used to be a pretty big rival in, in their plan for maybe a little bit more defense and, and, and pitching this year? Yeah, you know, I'm excited. I, uh, it's been pointed out to me on Twitter multiple times that, that apparently I'm not allowed to play for any major league team that state doesn't border Indiana. Which <laughs> That's is, uh, right. We got a lot of options. Yeah, I got got a lot of options, which is good. Um, But I'm I'm super excited. I think that that you, I think you would talk to a lot of guys around the the big leagues that that would consider playing for the Cubs and playing in Chicago. Is if you're lucky enough to play in the major leagues and kind of get to pick and choose where you play, um, that Chicago playing for the Cubs would potentially be a bucket list type of thing for for a lot of guys, myself included. I mean, I grew up not necessarily a Cubs fan or a Reds fan for that, for that matter, but obviously the Reds and the Cubs were on TV all the time. And, and I grew up watching them. I'd get home after school and, and, and flip on the day game and watch, watch Sammy Sosa or whoever play, play um, against, against whoever. So I, I watched the Cubs a lot growing up, um, and so I'm super excited to be a part of that organization as a, as a home player and call Wrigley home instead of having to listen to Go Cubs Go on the, uh, on the opposite end of the uh, win-loss column. Uh, as a visitor. Um, but in terms of the team in general, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I think there's an emphasis on pitching and defense, which I think kind of helps you sustain winning. I, I think that, that it's inevitable for, for offenses to kind of go through hot streaks and slumps and such uh, during a season. But if you can play good defense and you can pitch, uh, you're going to be in most games. And I, I think that's what we're trying to build in Chicago. We're going to have gold glovers all over the field, and uh, I'm super excited to be a part of it. You know, on that note, I think it's a part of the game we probably don't appreciate enough, but certainly it's a big thing for you. I'm curious, like, you are catching, let's say, Kyle Hendricks on a game day, and first pitch is 7.05. What does the game day prep between you and him look like in getting ready for a lineup? Like, I'm, I'm imagining a little bit of a play caller to a quarterback in the NFL. All right, this is what we're thinking. You know, first time through the order, we might want to do this, et cetera, et cetera. What exactly does that look like specifically on, on game day? Yeah, well, so it's it's interesting that you say it's like play caller to, to a quarterback. It's, I think it's very similar. Um, and I, I think it, it's both ways. It's not, not me being the play caller to him or him being the play caller to me. I think it goes – I think we're both a little bit of each um, because we both, I would say we're not, we won't do our prep together, um, our game planning together necessarily in terms of like a deep dive on an, on a lineup or a team that we're getting ready to face. Um, but we will have a meeting kind of right before the start. So if um, it's a seven Oh five game, it's usually, I would say anywhere between five fifteen and five thirty, five forty five, where we sit down and we go through, um, each hitter, um, what strengths and weaknesses, um, w- how that matches up against our guy that's on the mound um, that night, um, guys that we like to may- potentially avoid um, if, if a situation is, is second and third with a base open, we'll maybe walk this guy to pitch to the guy behind him, that kind of thing. Um, so it, it's, um, it's some guys are different. Some guys like to sit there and chat for an hour about who they're facing, and some guys want it to be a five minutes long and, and just tell me um, what not to do to each guy. And, and so it's, that's, it's fun for me to kind of go through those. I've always been a guy that, that likes all the information. Give me, give me every bit of information I possibly can have and let me filter it. Um, and other guys are different, but uh, it's, it's, 
it's a fun it's a fun part of the game for me. It's the kind of the game within the game cliche that you hear all the time. You know, we as fans and spectators talk about Wrigley Tucker. Tucker Barnhart's our guest on the Payless Sugars Hotline. We talk about Wrigley Field and the challenges like in the corners. Like Andre Dawson was a great player, but he was a great player for the Cubs because he figured out the angles in right field at Wrigley, which are different than other parks. We as fans talk about that stuff, but do players. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we there we'll have a um, we have a ton of meetings every, every day. It's almost it becomes um, a little annoying at times just because you want to get out there and play. But there are certain things that you obviously have to talk about. Uh, go, going to Fenway Park, for example, we every, before every before every series that you play in Fenway, you kind of the uh, whether you talk about it as a team or at, just with the outfielders. Typically, it's everybody because base running obviously comes into play um, when you're talking about weird angles and weird walls and, and scoreboards and different things. Um, but yeah, it's talked about. It's talked about often. Uh, Pittsburgh comes to mind um, in left center out by the bullpen. They have this weird little triangle area. Obviously, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field is one of them. Um, but yeah, you, the, there are I would say half of the ballparks that are pretty standard and straightforward, and you don't talk about them. But I would say the other half half has a, a uniqueness to the outfield that, that you talk about from a defensive standpoint and you also talk about it from an offensive standpoint when it comes to base running and such you know what's funny tucker and this is literally the only area where our professional lives would have anything in common at all perhaps but <laughs> um so i do play-by-play -play for indycar races right i go to the different races and call the races and more often than not, I can't remember. People will ask me about, oh, you know, this race at this track. And I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Then I get to the track, I see the track, and I can instantly remember everything that happened the year before. Does that happen to you from a playing standpoint where, like, if you were to be asked about a certain ballpark, you're like, yeah, I don't remember the angle. And then you get there and you're like, oh, yeah, now I totally remember the, the different nuances of this park. Does that happen at all? Yeah, for sure. I think it comes. I, I think it comes in a different in in different ways. I guess you could have potentially. Uh, you could remember a ballpark by by a great play that you made. Uh, you can you remember it by a, a terrible play that you made or terrible decision that you made, and then you can you remember a park just kind of by the by the uniqueness or or the atmosphere or whatever. But it definitely does. I, I think that that I'll always remember every little thing about. Um, progressive field in Cleveland because I, I caught a no hitter there a couple years ago. And so it's just, it's things like that that kind of come to mind. Um, I'll always remember San Francisco and, and the way that the ballpark, the way that the, um, the wall and right field is and how hard the ball comes off. Cause I got thrown out there a few years ago by what felt like a hundred steps trying to leg out a double uh, that I should have stayed at first. So it, it, you definitely, Definitely remember um, it right away when you walk onto a field. If you don't remember it um, beforehand, you definitely will when you get there. Last one for me, Tucker. And again, Tucker Barnhart with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, getting ready to report for spring training here uh, in the month of February. Um, obviously, you are a huge Colts fan. You are a huge Pacers fan. I'll let you pick either or, whether you want to share some thoughts on the Colts head coaching search and or the Pacers season and the uh, recent Miles Turner contract extension. Uh, care to share any thoughts on either? Well, first and foremost, I want to know how the um, what the the progress on the Matherin statue is uh, on your behalf. 
in cool. front of uh, Bainbridge. <laughs> I'm actually heading down to Bloomington later today for a limestone meeting. So we we, we, we got to make sure we got some premium <laughs> premium materials on that front. But uh, five straight, I believe, off the bench, over 20 points or more for Mr. Matherin. So uh, thank you for asking about that. The update's no going doubt. great. I love I love watching them play, man. I think they uh, in, in for for the first time, in my opinion, in the, in the last couple of years, they're they're extremely exciting to watch play. Um, I'm I'm on the I'm in the Miles Turner camp. I'm I'm happy that he's here. Um, I I'm I'm pumped that that a guy and I, I I mean I know firsthand how hard it is for a guy to stay in one spot for a long time. It's not easy, especially in this day and age. And I think that you can hear it in his voice, in my opinion on how much he, like, he he loves Indianapolis. And uh, being from here, being a Pacer fan for pretty much my entire life, I love to hear that. And I'm pumped that, that, that he's a part of the, the organization for the next next couple of years and hopefully moving forward. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoy watching him play. It's, uh, it's for the first time in a while, like I said, it's, in my opinion, kind of must-watch TV. And so I, I check him out as much as I possibly can. I won't get into the other thing. I have some pretty strong opinions <laughs> about the other, the other organization, but I'll just, I'm going to keep it there. Save those for our text message. <laughs> By the way – are there fewer catchers that have caught a no-hitter than there are pitchers that have thrown one? That is a phenomenal question. Um, because I would think I, there are. I mean, there are guys that caught, you know, more than one, right? But 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 then again, one would think that like Nolan – I don't know, Nolan Ryan, did he throw of his seven no-hitters, were they to seven different catchers? I mean, there had to have been repeats in there, right? I would think so. I would think that there just – it, it would make sense to me that that there would be less catchers, right? Like I that's think. more. So, in other words, you're in a more exclusive fraternity than say Nolan Ryan or Roy Halladay or those guys are, right? I, I, I think. I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. So and and you cool. caught whose? <laughs> Wade Miley. That's pretty awesome. Have you been close? Yeah, uh, how, how deep into a game have you been with the perfect game? Oh man. Um, Let's see. That, that's a great question. I, I don't know. I would assume that it, ha- it was probably um, – because Wade, Wade doesn't walk, guys. He's like on the very, very, very low end of, of walk, walk percentage, I, I think, in the major leagues or in, throughout his career. So I would assume that, it's that, that it was that night. Um, but I don't know exactly when in the game it was how i was thinking early like early in your career you and mike leak going six innings or something with a, with a perfect game i don't know i could be off on that we, i had one i caught my i caught mike in philly one time where you get the you get these feelings where you start to you start to kind of feel it a little bit you, mm-hmm. whether the the pitcher has like his his a stuff or whatever you're getting just a bunch of early weak contact um and, and so I, I think that sounds right. We were in Philadelphia, and I, I do remember having what felt like one of those nights, and I believe it was like into the fifth inning. So I would assume it's either that night or, uh, or the one with Wade, that's for sure. Who's the most talkative guy when he comes to bat? Like, you know, that's always like, hey, man, what's up? And like wants to chat, and you're like, look, dude, I got a job to do here. <laughs> there's, a guy named, there's a guy named Brad Miller. So the, uh, the, he's been around for, for a while, and uh, the – PA announcer in Cincinnati has a uniqueness to his way that he would announce my name. And uh, every time, it doesn't matter where I am, it doesn't matter who he's playing for or with, every time he comes to the plate or he sees me, he tries to announce my name exactly like the PA announcer (laughs) in Cincinnati. And it just is like 
uncle, man. I mean, I've heard this is the fiftieth time you've done this. Let's <laughs> come on. Well, he's with he's with the Rangers, I think Literally now, right? Like something Jake would do. So unless there's interleague play, he, he's not going to be able to do it this year, right? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I like the guy a lot. Like he's a good dude. I enjoy talking to him. But man. It's, just, it's been it's been a lot a lot so when is the uh when's the departure date again i'm leaving on saturday so uh i uh i've been conveniently waiting for uh a car shipping service to get to my house he's now an hour and 45 minutes late so we're uh it's throwing a little bit of a wrench into my morning <laughs> well safe travels um obviously the time change will put a little bit of a wrench into our conversations but uh congrats on joining chicago i think you know just as a sports fan that's got to be pretty darn cool to play in that ballpark on a daily basis so enjoy what mesa's offering you and uh, have a healthy season man i appreciate it guys i listen every morning uh me and my oldest son do actually so i uh, love listening to you guys and uh, i'll be listening as much as i can when i'm out in arizona thanks tucker appreciate it you got it guys thanks